Hey, Street Fighters. Welcome to the show. Recording in progress. We're taking calls. <laughs> the number is 614-655-3887. We want to hear from you. We want to know what to do. What's going on with you and the crew? Anybody that has, to, has a story, we got an open queue right now. So get in here. 614-655-3887. Uh, we are live also on WCRS LPFM here in Columbus, Ohio. You can find the archives of our shows at WCRSFM.org, along with uh, all the other amazing shows that are on WCRS. Um, it's the best community radio in Columbus, Ohio. Add it to your radio dial, and uh, you can hear us right in your car without any Bluetooth. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. Uh, we've been doing this for 10 years now. We have no plans on stopping and we'll continue to spread this mess across the U.S. Uh, as soon as the vaccine for kids happens. So that's something to look forward to. Um, you can get bonus content over at patreon.com slash streetfightradio, where right now the Shocktober Volume 3 is happening. Bubba episode is out. It's crazy as hell. Uh, you can also get access to the MCU podcast. That's the movie cinematic universe, 100 million tons of steel and all kinds of other incredible audio for just uh, $5 a month over at Street Fight Radio's Patreon. Hey, how's it going, Brian? Pick up my nose. No, oh, fun. I mean, not a lot of people watching yet. So I just went ahead and picked my nose real quick. I was telling Brett before we started recording, like an enormous booger. I don't know how to deal with it. I've had the worst body today. I've had such body problems today. Jesus really? Christ. Yeah, I've had a weird, like, I've had a fucking weird two days, man. Like, I didn't realize that I don't do things very much since the pandemic is over. That, like, uh, I didn't realize how little I'm around people. And uh, I was around people yesterday and uh, I love all of most of, you know, like 60% of the people we were with dearly <laughs> with all my heart. And within two hours of being in this big group of people, I was exhausted and I just wanted to be by myself somewhere. <laughs> And I'm like kind of starting to worry about myself. I, I, I think, you know, what you said at the beginning of the show about like, you know, once Charlotte can get the vaccine, I think that's that's what's going to break me of like sort of this antisocial streak that I've I've developed because like I really haven't hung out with anybody but my wife and my daughter for like even for the past like three or four months, it's just basically been that we haven't been out to eat. We don't like do anything. And it's just, I'm like so exhausted whenever I'm around a bunch of people. So I'm kind of hoping once, you know, Charlotte gets a vaccine, we get shows booked we'll, or make up the shows we canceled. And, uh, uh, you know, it kind of, that'll immerse me in people. You know what I mean? Like, it'll put me in groups of people that I have to talk to and perform with, perform for and stuff like that. And I think that'll get me right back on the road, man. Because it was, I don't know, man. Th that was the first time I really noticed this sort of antisocial, like, exhaustion that I've developed. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been saying it to people when I'm out is uh, like we've just lost a portion of people to like hermit lifestyle. Uh, there's things there's some people that are just like, I think are going to just stay inside forever. They seem pretty comfortable doing that. Uh, if they got shows to watch and uh, I don't know when they're going to come back. That wasn't especially me, the, especially the ones that are fo- especially the ones that are like focused on numbers and stuff, too, because there's always going to be a reason to stay in for the next, you know, five, six years at least. Yeah, that wasn't me before, though. You know what I mean? Like, I was a pretty social guy. You know, I hung out with people, like, at least once a weekend. I would do something, sometimes through the week, if we could work something out. It wasn't, like, a thing where I wasn't around my friends and stuff. But, man, I just, every time, it's like, Man, we we got there yesterday at 5.15. I would say, so the party, (laughs) I don't know why people do this. It is a madness-inducing thing to me. When people put an end time for a party, it should, and I'm not, this is probably not a controversial statement, but it might come off as one. It should 100% of the time be question mark. There is no reason to put an end time on a party ever. And I, the, Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. And the reason I'm saying this is because there was an end time on this party. It was supposed to go from 9 or 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. When 9 p.m. rolled around, I started thinking, like, I got to get out of here. It's time to get out of here. You know, I like my brain kind of fucking just was like at 9 p.m. I shut off. I'm fucking <laughs> like Cinderella or something at 9 p.m. And I just think question mark is the way to go. I disagree. Um, I think that it is kind of st- I don't know. It kind of is asking a lot for someone to has to take six hours of their day to have a party. Um, and also, I mean, hanging out for three hours, there is enough, you can have enough partying. And if it's a hard out, if like they do say like, Hey, everybody has to leave. I'm fine with it. But you're right. <laughs> if it's not going, if it's not going to be enforced though, they shouldn't put it on there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just ready to fucking roll. You know what I mean? At nine o'clock, I was just like, and when you put it on there at nine o'clock, here's another issue with it being at nine o'clock or or that it's over it's like am i being rude by staying here like is am i annoying to the people like am i overstaying my welcome right it's just kind of a thing i think we lost uh uh our connection brett to the stream i'm starting back up okay um mine is real bad you were cutting in and out on mine same Uh here same here. You know what? I don't know how to do this, but what if me and you just did crowdcast onto? Would it go to all the? St- yeah, it died. Well, shitterino. Oh, it's back. All right, fuck it. You know, let let's just keep it going. Let's just keep the fucking train train keep it rolling all night long. Train. What? OBS crashing. Oh, is OBS crashing? Something that's just shooting out. 
I'm about to like update it real quick. I don't know. So if you guys just want to like chill for a second, I guess, right? Okay. Yeah, we can just keep going. But yeah, you know, the 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 I guess the thing about it is is like um I was ready to be gone at nine. And I'm kind of glad I stuck I stuck around. I did hang out with friends and spoke to people and had conversations. And uh, it felt like I was on my way. But uh, today I just had like a crisis of confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like I had this really weird moment where I was like, man, you know, uh, did I get like truly fucked up by this and not even know it? In, in the end, because I remember at the beginning, I kept talking like, I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to let this happen to me. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let this turn me into a hermit or anything like that. And uh, I did. I think I did let it do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now is not the time. I mean, there's no more outdoor shit to do coming up. Um, I know. I'm going to work on it. I My plan is to kind of try to work on it now. I didn't realize I had done it. I guess was the point. So yeah, it's easy to do. I mean, I still do it with Charlotte for the most part. Like when I'm by myself, I'm out and about. Um, but with Charlotte, like I keep just coming to like, it's like, what I don't want to, I don't want to pick something to do. I don't want to find something to do because I'm, my choices are being hindered. You know, like <laughs> I, I, all this, I, I can't, I don't want to go bowling because it's inside. You know, we did go to Dave and Buster's today. Uh, because I've had a terrible week and it's been raining and uh, I, you know, I, I was just like, had to have a win and she doesn't like to stay for that long. Anyways, we were there for probably an hour, like even, you know? Yeah, that were, I mean, that is that probably, yeah, that's a good amount of time. That is well, that, a good amount of time. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been doing and just kind of figuring out what rules I can make up to dip my toe out there, but I've been doing a ton of stuff and, in crowds but uh you know still like the weird person wearing masks for sure that's us but i don't give a fuck about that i've actually this weather has been getting me down so bad and i'm having a weird realization um because like my relationship before my marriage was like to sit depressed um but then i also have some sort of like clinical or like biological depression you know mm-hmm and so like in my relationship, it just felt like every day was persevering because there was just like nothing really that was making me happier to look forward to. Or like, I just felt like everything was shit all the time and there was no way to get out of the shit. Um, but now that I'm now that I'm like been doing things and been hanging out with people that like me and, and care for me for who I am and I get along with really well. And I've just been so like over the moon and excited. And on Friday night, I was going to go, go to a Halloween skate party. And it was like, we were going to go to the pumpkin show the day before and it rained and I woke up and it was like 59 degrees and it wasn't going to get over 60 degrees all day. And I was just like, I felt like I couldn't make myself happy. I couldn't feel good. Like I was just actually knew that there were so many knew that I had, that if, if the weather was better, I would have been totally excited to do this thing. But I just got like punched in the gut of like, now I'm going to be trapped in wearing my stinky ass sweats that I wear for nine days in a row. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I got out today, but it was pouring and I had my rain gear on and it was, and then I got like, I decided to go this way that I hadn't gone in a very long time. I was like, uh -huh. I'm going to, you know what? I haven't gone this way in a long time. It seems really nice. Uh, I went up and I, I started to walk up this, this road and I got to this road where I'm kind of far away from everything from anything that I could go to. And I fucking sharded when oh. I was maximum as far away from everything that I could get to. And uh, all that was close was a porta potty, but it was in somebody's driveway. Okay. Yeah. That's not your porta potty. I know. I thought about it. I turned around and walked towards it. And I was like, I'm going to fucking go to that porta potty. And then I was like, what if I walk out and the guy's just standing there waiting for me? The guy that lives there is just standing there waiting for me as I walk out the door. Right. <laughs> to tell him you sharded. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I thought he might understand. I thought I the bet. person would understand it because I was like, let's say I was. 25 minute walk to any place where I could get to a public bathroom. And uh, I was just in a real sticky situation. And, and I mean, not even because like, not even because like uh, there weren't places with bathrooms. There was a church and I'll bet you I could have gone in that church and told them my issue, and they probably would have let me. They have to. That's Jesus would have. Oh, for sure. That's refuge. That's yes. it's called taking refuge in in the bathroom, as they call it. Well, let's take some fucking calls, man. Hey, hey, what's Hello? up? Hi, I'm through. Aren't I? You can hear me. Everything. I can hear you perfectly. All right. This is Zuleha also known as Zalecha91 on your Twitch streams. Okay. Well, what's up, Vallejo? Is it Vallejo with a V? Z Zalecha, you know, like Potiphar's wife from the Bible. Uh, I would, I I've never. That one. Yeah, yeah I missed I, that book. That's a oh. chapter of the Bible I haven't been able to get to yet. But uh, uh, well, she's uh, not in there. They never name her, so. Oh, of course oh, not. Wow. It's Deep a cuts from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I know. No women in the Bible with names can't have that. But in Islamic jurisprudence, she gets the name Zalecha, and she has a ridiculous story. So I was like, that's the name for me. She, she buys a prophet who's a slave in a market in Egypt and shows him off, and there are knives and blood and oranges. But that's a story for a different day. Okay. Honestly, better than, uh, uh, probably better than Murder X Brian, which is a name that, like, I just kind of got forced into at that point. The X is silent. I uh, like the X in a way. I think Murder it, X Brian more. Yeah, I think it feels kind of hip in a little, in a way, like with the X, I think X's are really on fire over the past few years. They've been having a moment. It's like a collab between murder and Brian. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's why I added the X. It was going to be either that or murder Brian six, six, six. And, uh, when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, everybody will make fun of me for the six, six, six. I don't want to deal with that. So I went with the X think it's pretty cool uh um 
So what's up, Zaleha? See, I got it right. Zaleha, but it's okay. I know that like white people don't have a ha in their alphabet, so. No, for sure we don't. I'll forgive you a little. Anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually calling because I'm super pissed at a boss of mine who hasn't fucking paid me yet. And so over on Wednesday when you talked about the woman in the story, Jane, who was like, give me my fucking money. I was like, this is an inspiration. Yeah. Uh, it's time to go Jane on him. Again. Yeah, so, well, Can I'm a I... freelancer. So like, I'm not even like a real employee. Mm. Can I say that Jane again, I just want to say Jane was brave. You know what I'm saying? Like that, there's no bullshit here on Jane. I'm not like throwing shade at Jane. I think what struck me about that story more than anything was that Jane didn't flip out, you know, like that Jane had the patience of a saint or what? I don't know what that means, but Jane, yes, she was capable of, of great violence and showed restraint. Yes, yes. And then the boss is like, can you believe this motherfucker? Like that, this guy that's writing in and it's a guy. I do not. I will never believe that that was a woman that wrote that letter. That was a man. It read like one of those fake male short stories with like, I'm a woman who's a boss. I was like, what? No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of those ask a manager things you'll get like, like me and Brett two weeks ago had one where a guy was just like. This woman keeps changing her clothes during lunch. What am I supposed to do about it? And it's like, I mean, who cares? Fucking nothing, man. <laughs> oh my god. So, uh, what what's going on tonight? Yeah, so I haven't been paid in oh, about a month. Uh, but the long story short is my Payment for August that I invoiced them for was late by two fucking weeks. And my boss, let's call her Mary for short, is an insane bitch. And, um, and she's like, this is having a lot of problems. I don't know what's going on right now. Anyway, here's your August payment. Oh, by the way, I'm not sure if September's payment will ever arrive. And I was like, uh, what? Jesus. So when are you, how often are you supposed to get paid? Cause I know that shit gets really weird with contract work. That is, that is so ridiculous. That is yeah. some sitcom ass shit. It is some sitcom ass shit. And I called my freelancers union, which is not a real union, but we like to pretend, um, you know, we host trivia nights. It's, 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 it likes to do all the things a union does. And I called them and I was like, so they usually pay me at the, around the end of a month. And like, you know, that's been happening ever since I started back in January doing contract work for them. And then all of a sudden they're like, it's not going to happen anymore. Like, do I even have a case here? Like what does, cause I'm in Canada and they're like, what does Canadian labor law even have to say about this? Uh, <clears throat> and the union rep was like, well, that's technically a contract. Like it doesn't matter if you signed anything or not. Like if they've been doing business a certain way with you, and there's an established precedent and you have proof that you sent them invoices and payments came in at the end of every month, then like you have a case for saying that like you better pay me, uh-huh. uh, but we can't do anything now. You can just email her back and ask her like, you know, where the fuck is the money, but use nicer words than that. I'm from the Midwest too. So you like be passive aggressive um, and like be like, Oh, that's unfortunate that you're experiencing some business problems, but I would like to know if I'm guaranteed the payment I'm supposed to get. For yeah. September, as has been happening for the last nine months. 
Jesus. So it's Absolutely. a once a month payment too. Yeah. And like, so, you know, I count on that because like rent is due at the beginning of every month. And if the payment comes at the end of the other month, that means I had a savings in the bank, which I'm not responsible enough to do continuously um, just to get the bills paid. Um, and thankfully my mother was visiting when all of the shenanigans went down, which was high key embarrassing to be like, Ma, can I borrow rent money? <laughs> well, you know because, what though? Like, if I had to ask my parents, uh, the parents that could afford it would tell me to eat shit. And the parent that the other parent that would give it to me has probably $30 in her bank account and said, and would say, Hey, Brian, can I borrow $40 <laughs> as soon as she gave me the rent? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh so bad, but I was like, <laughs> No, go ahead. But, um, yeah, so I, oh, sorry. So I, like, thankfully my mother was like, well, I'm going to give you some money. And like, you don't have to feel guilty. And I was like, we're Desi, South Asian. I, I'm going to feel guilty because like money is a weird thing for us culturally. And now I owe you like, you know, debts upon debts. And my ancestors are going to judge me, but whatever. Thanks for the money, mom. Well, um, I would say this though. Well, at least I, I, I paid the rent. I would say this though, and, and you know, I obviously, I don't know if you're a parent or anything, but like in this, in this world, as, as at least as a parent myself, uh, I never expect my daughter to pay me back. And I fully, fully understand that for the rest of her life, uh, I'm still sort of responsible for her <laughs> in a way. It just well, that is, does make me feel better. It is. I I understand that it sounds like I understand what it sounds like if you don't have kids. And believe me, like I I didn't understand this before I had my daughter. But like I think for the rest of my life, every time I move to a new apartment, I will have a bedroom for my daughter. And I don't care if she's forty five. Uh, she's always welcome to come and, and crash at my house. And if she needs money, I will move heaven and earth to make sure that she gets the money. And uh, I don't know that I would ever expect it to be paid back because like uh, back when I would get in trouble with my parents back in the day, I would go in my room and I would fucking sulk. And all I would say to myself the whole time is, I wish I was never born or uh, uh, I didn't ask to be born. You made this decision for me. And like now I fully, as I'm older now and I have my own daughter and she's 17, I'm like, I made the decision for her. She did not make the decision to be born. So I feel a, a sort of responsibility and I care for her so much uh, uh, that that uh, I wouldn't feel guilt over over borrowing money from a parent unless you're like borrowing the money that that parent was using to like live so that parent couldn't pay rent. I, I wouldn't feel any guilt around that. And you got fucked. 
You got totally 100% fucked. If, if your payment is supposed to come every month and you don't get paid, but you have been paid previously, uh, you should. there's nothing you can do. You are in a really shit position. Are you still working for them? Oh, God, no. I, I ditched that. I'm back to interviewing for full-time jobs again, even though they make me want to jump out of a window. Uh, the story doesn't end there, though, because it gets more insanely sick, homie, so stay tuned. Um, but yeah, that does make me feel better. I mean, there are like weird cultural expectations around money when you're basically where it's like, on the one hand, like your parents are like, obviously, my mother and father will always take care of me. Like, they made that very clear, even though I'm like gay and weird and trans. It's a whole thing. Uh, but on the flip side, like, I have a spare bedroom in my house right now because, like, it's kind of a thing where I'm like, I need it there in case my mother comes to visit me from the hellscape that is Ohio. Not that I don't love Ohio dearly. I'm from Cleveland. It's just that, you know, where one has at? to escape. I'm now in Vancouver, uh, which is a, the West Coast is a weird, weird place. So like, I don't understand all the labor laws either here. In Ohio, I probably could have like built up a case of some sort because I know like what they do with independent contractors there. It's like different in British Columbia, Canada, and I'm on a work permit and I don't want to like rock the boat because I want to get that sweet, sweet green card or whatever the Canadians call it. Um, so I sent my boss a very passive aggressive email where I was like, hi, Mary, um, thanks so much for sending me the payment in August. I'm sorry that you're having business difficulties, um, but can you explain by what you mean by September's payment is not guaranteed? As far as I know, I did all the work assigned to me in September, and I invoiced you for $3,000. Can you just let me know if I will, in fact, get paid by the end of October? Regards! And I <laughs> sent off the email. And this bitch made me so mad that I went to go dig up dirt on her. So I was like, <laughs> so I went and like Googled her and like Googled the company. And I was like, oh, she's like the co-founder of this like SEO media empire thing. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's the co-founder. She probably knows what's going on with the company. Like, obviously she can tell me if I get paid or not. So what's this like? wishy-washy we might not be able to like you're not like a middle management like you're a co-founder you should know where the money um yeah it's also he gets back to me in like another few days the tactic of just slipping it right in and like this tactic of just throwing it in there in like a whirlwind sentence is just like so fucking disrespectful yeah it's she is insane and she actually told me to lie to clients when I worked for her, which was my first inkling to be like, I'm going to ditch at the end of September. Like, I don't want to fucking yeah. lie to my clients. That's just weird. Dude, can I um, say this? Can I, can, so, I, can I say I just read something about this? One of our, our advice, one of the advice columns I keep tabs on. Oh, no, it was in the New York Times. Somebody was asking if it's okay, if they should be worried that their boss pretends to be her own secretary when people from other companies call and then also says like, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to get it over to the accounts receivable department, but there isn't one. And her boss is also the, the accounts receivable department. And I was like, I don't know if that's like ethically wrong, but I know it would be a, a pretty big red flag to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's a smart yeah, business like, move, hey. but not a good employment environment. Yeah. Also, like, I was in a Slack chat, and one of the male upper management called a woman the C word. Mm. Oh my I was god! Like, <laughs> like t- while she was on it, or yeah. just like somebody that wasn't in the conversation. This was like a private message between me and like a graphic designer or something, and I was like, "Oh, who is this like person who's emailing me? Should I know who this is? She seems really upset about something we did." And he's like, "Oh, she's such a," and oh. like drops in the slur, and I'm like, "What that is?" the fucking craziest thing i've ever heard happen i mean that okay when i was at the cable company my manager came up to me one time and he told me like an old street joke racist joke and it was like truly fucking shocking to me that he first of all told me again a street joke that i had heard seven hundred thousand times but also that he told me a straight up racist joke and uh uh because he had found out that i was interested in doing comedy is why he did it but but yeah it was like it was a moment where it was like one of those like super shocking things where you're like talking to a person at work and you're like am i supposed to like tell this person that that's like not okay like sh- it, right like sh- what do i do you're the manager like who do i report you to what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know what the fuck to say like i i had no idea and i can imagine for you it was the same way where it's like what the fuck okay like now now you have said this thing and you I mean, a guy that throws that around so much so that he throws it around at work is like, has so many problems. I was like, this whole company is fucked. I'm leaving at the end of September. Thank God I did. Um, Yeah, it seems like you got out. Crazy reply email. And she sends this line that says like, Oh, company is having some problems. I haven't been paid yet either. This just happens when you're an independent contractor. And I'm just like, what do you mean you haven't been paid yet either? You're a <laughs> co-founder of the company. You should know where the money is. And if there isn't enough money to fill out your paycheck, then the company has gone bankrupt. Like, what? 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 That's yeah. the craziest thing I've ever... I don't know. Hey, I haven't been able to get my paycheck either. <laughs> I wish somebody yeah, like, would go to accounts receivable. More concerned. That is super interesting that like she it's it's really interesting to me that that it seems like she is like does not want you at all to know that she has any power in the company. Like I, I've never heard of like a co-founder or founder of a company pretending to like be human resources to skirt responsibility. That that is that is a very that's a first for that. Looking back at like the interactions on the way I was told to interact with clients, it makes sense because she would like I once said Cause they wanted me to be like in management, but still be freelance, which makes no fucking sense. Also, I don't want to be management. Um, but when they were like, quote unquote, grooming or whatever me to do that, which 
was hell and I hated it. Um, they were like, I remember one of our clients asked like, oh, can we have a meeting at this time over Zoom? And I shot back to the email with like, oh, sorry, I have to go pick up a friend from the airport actually on that day. So like, I can't do it. Um, which is true. My family was coming. My mom was coming to visit me from Ohio. So like I had to be at the airport. Uh, <clears throat> I hope you can so sue I like, them. I, I really hope you can get them in trouble somehow. Uh, I know, I know it probably is kind of nerve wracking. Cause you're like, well, I don't want to call attention to myself. I'm, I'm in a different country working on a, a visa and all that stuff. But, uh, I hope there is some course of action that you can take in Canada. Uh, hopefully somebody can help you out online after they hear this. Is there a Twitter that they or Instagram that they can find you at? Well, you actually follow me under my like porno account name already, mm. which is um, at Pup Noor Jahan. That's like Pup P U P N O R J A H A N. Okay. Well, On Twitter, but Street Fight Radio follows me there already. And I was like, huh, that's my porn account. But. Well, hey, you know, a porn account uh, is, is is just as valid of an account as a comedy account. I yeah, guess. I like I like porn accounts. That's true. That's probably why Brett is. I mean, Brett runs the Street Fight account. He is like, uh, gotta follow as many porn accounts as I can find. Big porn. It's guy. a good way to shake up the feed. But uh, yeah, if it, if, if it, we'll try to uh, hopefully somebody gets a hold of you. Uh, uh, and helps you out. I, I don't know a lot about how Canada works, but, uh, that is, that's super fucked up. Uh, uh, I cannot believe you are in a real weird situation. I gotta tell you, like, a, like I've heard of people not getting yeah. paid. Uh, I've never heard of somebody, uh, the, the co-founder pretending like they're not the co-founder in my life. I've never heard anything like that. And, uh, uh, I've also, the, on the other side of that, I've also never heard somebody say that's the nature of contract labor. Sometimes you don't get paid. I've I've also never heard that. Yeah, before. I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. It sounds like something <laughs> somebody might true. believe. Yeah, they, it's just like you never know in this industry. It's run and gun. One minute we're making money. The next we're not making any. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally something. Oh, now. <laughs> Like they just want yeah. to get you used to the idea that like you shouldn't expect a paycheck, a big one, every time. <laughs> I like the the I like the phrase but this is a lies. run and gun she industry. Uh, oh, but to put the period on the the story there is that the same boss lady told me she like immediately emails me back and is like, Hey, next time you have to say you can't make it to something, just tell me you can't come. And I'll tell the client like some sort of story because we just want to sound professional. And I was like, how is it professional? The lie. <laughs> That's like, an odd one. About saying, I can't go. I have to be at the airport. Like what? I'm not saying they're like, oh, I can't go. I have to get fucked in the ass that night. Like what? Yeah. I mean, I think the what? airport is a really great sort of reason to not be able to do something too. like everybody There's understands that. It's very endearing to go pick up your mother from the airport. I don't know who would be fucked. I don't know what crazy story she could come up with that would be better. He's they're they're busy. I making don't know, but this is the way this woman operates. 
Yeah. Uh, Sounds like a wildcat. I mean, I'd like to talk to her, but I, I uh, also think she sounds evil. So thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, uh, very weird story. Thank you very much. <laughs> have yeah. a good night. Uh, Appreciate it. Have a great day. Weird Bye. story there, Brett. Weird, weird one. That was a weird one. Uh, again, in all of our time doing this call-in show, I do not think we've ever had somebody say that their boss was pretending they're not their boss. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I don't do know like what the, the play con- is there. I like the concept though. I do like the idea of being like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, upstairs is really grinding us, man. <laughs> We're being worked to death. <laughs> I hate these bastards. It's always, you know, more and more and more produce more. They're just up my ass all the time about it. You think you hate bosses. <laughs> I really hate the, 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 the numb nuts upstairs is always yelling at me. Ah, sorry. You didn't get paid. I'll go up and I went up there earlier today and I fucking told him, I'm like, if you don't pay our contractors, I'm going to fucking walk. And they didn't, buy it and then now we're just stuck in this situation i thought it'd be better if i stuck around also very 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 funny to very funny to say like uh uh, that's the nature of contract work because you're totally right that is that is like a smooth move in that like if you say something like that enough times somebody might believe that oh you're just uh, oh we're gonna do take me to court it'll probably cost you more than the payday yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just a custom. That's the way things are. Uh, let's get another call in here. Yeah. Also, uh, oh, you think you think the fuck you think it, it's uh, the boss sucks. Imagine being the boss. I hate myself. Jeez, Louise. You know, that's a good it's one tough. too. That's a good it's one tough. too. I've always hated bosses. Now I am one. You think how bad I have it. Yeah, that's a living, perfect one. Living with the enemy. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello, hello. I'm Matt from South Bend. What's up, Matt? Hey. How's it going? All right. Uh, hey, South uh, Bend is popping. Hey, I just I called in because yeah, well, it's just it's, I called in a couple of weeks ago. We talked about uh, car crashes, um, and uh, I just called in at night because uh, when the stream went down, I was just seeing what was going on. I was like, I'm just going to call in and see what happens, and I came in the middle of you guys talking and trying to figure it out. So. It was, uh, I got a little behind the scenes how the sausage is made at the moment. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot the callers can hear us. You heard us complaining. <laughs> <laughs> it Should felt like a good old street fight to me. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, we were, we were kind of, uh, um, the way that the, uh, uh, I don't think there's a lot of editors or producers that listen to their show. So I I hope that's not just specific to Street Fight. <laughs> um, it very well, possibly could be because on on the other shows I do actually they they do listen to the show. I don't know if there's like a easy way to like fix it. I mean, I, well, mean, I can just I can just imagine it being frustrating to continue talking and not knowing that it's not being streamed. 
Oh, everything's recording twice. Like, so the Zoom is actually recording right now, and uh, everything on my desktop is being recorded. So we are all set. It is a pain in the ass. Like, me and Brett are, are if there's one thing about us that's smart is... You know, in the first two or three years of podcasting, you record enough lost podcast episodes that you know, you know, you don't ever let off the gas when it comes to making sure you have something recording the show. Yeah, you got to have that backup. It stinks. I'll tell you a funny story if you want to hear a behind the scenes podcast story uh, on on the POD cast. Uh John got us hooked up with this guy, Sean Dack. He uh, was was a, a director. He was a music video director that was on a reality show where he was chosen to direct a corn video. Okay? So, so, like, he was on an MTV reality show. We get this guy. He comes on the show, and we're talking to him for fucking was probably 55 minutes or so because so because those shows generally go those shows generally go you know hour and a half to two hours and we're fucking you know we're rolling everybody's getting along and then dan producer dan you might know him from some other shows producer dan's like hey guys uh I think it corrupted somehow because none of this recorded <laughs> and the three, the, the it's three dudes just so depressed. And then we rescheduled it and just recorded the whole podcast again. <laughs> and it was just like one of those things where it's like in the first few years, you will record a podcast at least that gets lost. And then you're just, you don't have it at all. And, uh, you know, you got to be prepared to, to make some backups, baby. You listen to Monday Morning Podcast? I know you like Bill Burr. Bill I've Burr? Heard him, I've, I've heard him do that several times. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he does because he's just doing it all by himself. Yeah, he has like a Zoom recorder in a hotel room yeah. that like runs out of batteries all the time. Fuck I know, that, yeah, man. yeah. It's like he'll be fucking come back and on, and he'll be like, "God, fucking!" I just had this whole thing. I talked about this for twenty minutes. I'm gonna try it again. That was my Bill Burr impression. Everybody, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> really good, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> I listen to a lot of Bill Burr, but I, it's just it just goes to show you it can it happens to I think everybody. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a that's a crazy crazy moment. Uh, then that story, the guy told you that, uh, hey, this is uh, no, this is uh, recording and all. Yeah, I mean, he was um, cool yeah, and he came it. back. He was cool and he came back and did the whole show. So it, it ended up being okay. It just, like, one of the funny things that podcasters do when they have to record a podcast for the second time is after the second time, they're like, I think that was better than the first one. I mean, we really had some good chemistry rolling and stuff like that. That Then some of the stuff from the last one wasn't that good because you just have to convince yourself that it went okay. <laughs> it is also a weird yeah, trust, probably, trust yourself and telling the same joke and everybody going like, <laughs> like that's the first time they've heard you say that. <laughs> 
Um, let's see. What was what was um, struck me? So yeah, these boss stories. Where are these boss stories coming from? I I haven't taken time to look up of these. Uh, ask a boss. Uh, you know, there's several. Uh, um, there's a lot of websites where you can ask human resources or ask a boss a question. And, uh, uh, you know, I, we've always looked at advice columns from the beginning, but like, I don't know, there's been some really good ones lately. So, uh, uh, we've been using them a little bit more often. They're, they're, they're very odd stories. A lot of times I do think that, uh, uh, as far as street fight goes, I, I do think there is something to listening to the other side to listening to the bosses like how they think and how they tick like endlessly kind of fascinating to me uh uh the way that they expect the world to to line up for them well you know it's because you i mean you know you are and and when you work with especially in small businesses you work so closely with them you know, you see both sides. And when you see a boss try to be a normal, like, person and not be a boss for a second, you both like it. But then when they're kind of that dick boss again, you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, it's two seconds later. But then you also see the the hard stuff that, that you know, they have put themselves in. And that's the reality of it is that they, they put themselves in that situation, you know, to, to be the boss. And so you don't really feel sorry for them, but there's a reason why, you know, you yourself don't want to be the boss unless it's enough money. But that guy, uh, that, uh, from the first, uh, ask a boss, uh, uh, segment that, uh, was, uh, that guy was so just, just bitter. I was like, I don't understand why he gives a shit at all. And, uh, I've definitely ran into people like that for sure. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think, I think I think that we're naturally I mean people are sort of naturally like that like again I think a lot of times and and for people who maybe didn't hear it uh it was a story about a boss wrote in to ask for advice about an employee who was changing their appearance during lunch and coming back to work and I think really what that boiled down to is like that humans are are uh, gossipy type people and well because people I, I think people are naturally kind of gossipy and I also think and this is just like I have friends like this too that I love very much uh, uh, I have relatives like this that I love very much uh, are very afraid to ask the straightforward question and Brett brought this up I don't remember when, but afraid to ask the question because people assume that the question is mean and maybe you have mean intent, but, uh, I think, you know, asking somebody a straightforward question about something that they're doing that is unconventional seems like it's not a thing that's off limits or mean. Right. Like I, I wouldn't see a problem saying, Hey, uh, if you don't mind me asking, why do you come back in different clothes? I mean, I, I see how that even could be problematic, you know, and you're kind of putting yourself out there, 
and you have to accept what their reaction is going to be. You know, but, you can't really control that at all. But most people are fucking really decent. I think like, I don't, I do not believe that there are that many people out there. If you brought that up to them, if you said, Hey, I noticed you're changing your clothes every, or I noticed you're changing your clothes on lunch and coming back and, and having different clothes on. If, if I don't think there are a hundred out of, or 99 out of a hundred of them would love it. If you ask them a question, they're obviously doing something that, that they're passionate about or, or, or that they know that people wonder about. And I think what happens a lot of times, and this is even outside of the workplace is that gossip turns into a thing that then makes everything seem sort of mean mean spirited on the on the outside you're talking shit about people behind their back but but like uh uh so then in your mind you're like because i think that's what happened with this particular case is that the guy had been talking shit about this woman with his friends and probably with some of his colleagues over over time and then he had built this thing up that's in his head trouble. where he couldn't ask the question. And like, that's, I, I think a lot of people are like that. Right. It's where instead of being direct, like initially talking shit, ah, yeah, I've, uh, I'm guilty. You Everybody know, recently that I just went, on, you know? Yeah. No, goes, everybody it just goes is so much better when you talk to yeah, like and I being, had a problem with this guy at work recently, and uh, I I was really upset. I was really upset about what this guy was doing. He was, and it was fucking me over directly. But I talked to him. I, I talked to him about it first, you know, just like just like the uh, just like that nice email that that person wrote from the second Ask a Boss, you know, uh, piece, and. You know, that was just, well, it was just eloquent and it was to the point and it was, you know, not, you know, out of line at all, you know, to say, hey, please pay me the money that you owe me. And this is, you're putting me in financial distress. You know, I, I just went to this guy and I was like, hey, you're kind of taking my money by doing this and that's a problem for me. So you got to stop doing that. Okay. And then, uh, then by me doing that, it went way better when I went to, you know, my bosses about it when he didn't stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, that way he wasn't, he wasn't surprised. He wasn't, you know, holy shit. I didn't know. No, I motherfucker. I kind of, I already talked to you about that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard though. It really is. I mean, it, it took me a long time to get to that point. Yeah. Confrontation's fucking tough. Uh, I mean, I, I think I've been pr pretty uh, open about my, uh, uh, terrible fear of confrontation and uh i don't think i'm the only person i think i'm like in the majority of people uh uh i i i believe that i personally brian am in the majority of people so but i always believe that and then it turns out yeah. i'm a fucking crazy person <laughs> at least you know <laughs> well, well i learned that from you motherfucker <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny having a show called Street Fight Radio where we talk about like confrontation probably and how hard it is the most. I agree. I, I, 
I, Brett is confrontational though. Brett doesn't mind it. I yeah, but I did it. That's not was. I actually my my whole growing up was confrontational. Like I was terrified of going anywhere with my parents because they would start a fight with everybody, and like they would argue every yeah. single point. And um, it actually made me very much afraid of confronta- confrontation for a big part of my like adult life. I just didn't want to say shit. And then I, I'm still like that. I mean, I still just would like, would rather not fight about stuff because it sucks and it feels like aggressive And my style can be aggressive. Um, but then I've also had to be like, you know, there is certain things when it comes to like a boss, someone's taking advantage of you. You're at least allowed to point it out and say, Hey, you're taking advantage of me. Like who knows, you know, who knows if they care or not, or whether or not it's worth it to take them to court or whatever, but you can at least send the email without any cuss words, uh, or, or anything that'll get you in trouble and say, I work these amount of hours or, you know, uh, you owe me this, this thing that you promised. You told me we we're going to do this and you didn't deliver. I, I think that the first, the first thing that happens when you, like when one realizes and this is for, I'm speaking from my own personal, you know, self, it's the, my first thought is doesn't everybody else realize how much I'm getting fucked over right now? Doesn't anybody, right. <laughs> anybody else care? It's, it's, it's such a dumb, like little fucking selfish thought and you just have to push that out. You know, it's not about you. You really, you know, and it's hard, but that's just so like where I, where I, I, I would always go first, but it's just so not productive and it's just easier to be, be direct, you know, but I could see how, you know, Brett, it would make, it, it can seem like ag- aggressive, I guess, to be confrontational in certain ways. Cause it's uncomfortable. I think it's uncomfortable, you know, to, to do that because you kind of have to draw a line in the sand, I guess, you know, and that's, that can be scary. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a way to say like, you did this intentionally because you want to fuck me over um, when instead, and, and that's when you're getting too aggressive. But like, if it's just because you don't have money, like, they know why they didn't pay you or why they don't want to pay you or what the fuck is. They know that their their whole situation is a calamity. You don't really have to go and explain it to them. I'm sure they they know, you know, how fucked up it is. It's the same thing with like car accidents I've been in. Like I, I used to like people would get out of the car and try to argue. You hit me, all this and that. But most of the time you can look at a car accident and figure out who the fuck ran into who. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's very easy. Wherever the front of wherever the front of a car hit something it was probably 99 percent of the time that person's fault yeah you can see that everybody knows where the damage came from you know people don't want to feel like they're getting raked over the coals or like you're insinuating that they're like a bad person uh but at the same time they get away with murder lots of people get away with it like that person that called earlier Lots of bosses just say, oh, it's, it's just going to be a little mixed up. You just have to wait for your check for two days without realizing that not having your check for two days is going to cost you like a ton of money in bank fees and shit. We're know? all living on like a house of cards. Right. <laughs> exactly. And like they don't they yeah. want everybody to yeah. buy along the idea that like this is a stable like you're not paying me a stable income. You know, other people here like have side hustles and are doing other things like this. is I'm I'm. I'm stretching, you know, to make your fucking income work and it has to be here on time. Yeah. Like, Hey, like, it's like, I mean, it's weird to go to your boss and say, Hey, can you go rob Peter so you can pay me, Paul? You know, like I, I we're all living like this, but I'm going to need you. I need to get paid, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it is weird to look at your boss, like to realize the place where you work 
is also going paycheck to paycheck. And I think this <laughs> pandemic was just like, we all knew it, but it, yep. man, it really wilded people out to see, like, you know, fucking cheesecake factory go down like two weeks in or, <laughs> or whatever it was. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't right, even well, ever um, think I'll, about uh, that. Next, next, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for calling in, buddy. But yeah. Yeah, man. Appreciate, I appreciate it. the convo. You guys uh, have, a, have a great show. Yeah. Dude. Sorry, my audio is so up and down. I'm really trying to pay attention, but it's like so in and out. Like I, I'm just as soon as they were hitting like the main beats of the thing, like, like a huge piece of information just went totally blank in my ear. I was like, okay, I'll guess what they said. I I'm kind of get context here. Well, let's soldier on here. Uh, uh, I think we're I think we're gonna make it, Brett. I think we're gonna be able to answer all the calls and then live to fight another day. Yes, once it's not raining. Maybe if I can get fiber, then I'm going to get fiber over here. Go for it, bro. Get fiber, baby. Never getting fiber here. It's so good. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, hey, it's Arona. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Did you say Arona? I did say Arona. Ah, I know you. Hey, I know that person. I, uh, I need one second, Arona, with Brett here. Hey, Brett. Yes. I have the chat up on one computer screen, the Zoom up recording, uh, Twitter up, and my other computer with wrestling playing. Katie's watching TV streaming, and Gwen is on her computer, and uh, no internet problems. It's that fiber, baby. Wow. That's impressive. I love fiber, too, man, because, like, you know... Your internet works all the time and like a, just a little thing as if like you eat a lot of fiber, it'll make you feel like really good inside too. So, um, you know, let me get out there and fucking really step out on the side of fiber in all facets of life. I put it on my list. All right. What's up, Arona? Yeah. So it's my birthday. Um, so I figured I'd call and ask for a happy birthday shout out. Happy, happy. birthday. Happy birth. You want me to do the Marilyn Monroe happy birthday thing? Because I can do that. Happy um, birth. You can if you would like. I can't. I can't. Happy I, birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Brett does the rights free one all the time. And it, isn't that what that one is, dude? No, that's Stevie Wonder's version. Oh, oh, for he's the jolly good fellow. That's the rights free. Because <laughs> remember, for fucking years, dude, for years, these sisters own the happy birthday song. I think they still really? do. Like, you have to pay to have the, the, the happy birthday song on like a show. That's not B. That belongs to all of us. Uh, You're fucking telling me. That's like saying Mary had a little lamb. Yeah. No, that's why they do for He's the Jolly Good Fellow. Oh, man. That's terrible. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, what? the Beatles had a good one, too, didn't they? They say it's your birthday. That probably costs more than happy birthday. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Patty Hill (laughs) made happy birthday to you. And uh, she owns the trademark. And uh, I don't know when it becomes fair use, but like that's why you you never hear happy birthday to you on TV, uh, which is extremely stupid. 
extremely best case against ip i've heard no it is it's public domain now so it it was 2015 dude up until 2015 happy birthday to you was owned by somebody and every time they played it in a movie or something like that that person got paid money okay is mary had a little lamb fair use (laughs) well let's what's going on for the birthday what have you been doing Oh my God, I've had the best birthday. So the thing about me is I just turned 35, which is awesome. My sister is seven years older and she told me my 30s would be great. And she was correct so far. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, But like for my 20s, you know, I worked for fucking Democrats and like electoral politics. So having a birthday at the end of October, I would be working like 12 hour days or longer because it's right before election day. So I can never celebrate my birthday. And then like I stopped working doing that. But then like, well, so then I worked for an abortion rights group that was really fucked up where like they didn't pay me enough. So like if I had needed it, needed an abortion back then, I would have had to call an abortion fund. <laughs> oh, geez. Like, I yeah, wouldn't have been damn able it. to come up with the four or five hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, isn't that fucking bullshit? Um, but like I was looking at my memories and like, my birthday, when I was working there, I fucking canvassed for goddamn Democrats on my birthday, um, unpaid labor, and then they fired me the next year. You know, it's like, oh, that's the last year I canvassed for a Democrat on my birthday, because I got fired after that. <laughs> oh um, so the, the other thing is, like, I was raised Jewish, so I could never celebrate Halloween. So this year, we fucking, we went to the farm. We got rained out for like the fall festival, but we went back for like Halloween shit at night uh-huh. to like do spooky shit, like through um, a corn maze and a spooky hayride. Um, and it was pretty funny because my friend, um, she had never been there before either, but she kept on pointing out like, there's an actor over there and like, there's someone behind that window. <laughs> um, I kind of appreciated it, but um, apparently not everyone did. Have you, <laughs> uh, so, so you're not, and the, I did, and so the, you're, you have never like done the, Hall- well, I mean, I'm sure you've done the Halloween thing in your 35 years. Not really. Like maybe twice in high school, I volunteered at trick or treat street, but I never went trick or treating. I never dressed up in costume to school. Um, I guess I've gone to some Halloween parties, like in college, I went to one or two, maybe, um, and maybe, but like, yeah, in my twenties, I couldn't go to a Halloween party because that's right before election time. Um, and then later, like between leaving politics and now I just like spent years being poor. Also, I, I always (laughs) Um, like, I finally the kids at school that weren't allowed to join in on the parties uh, uh, at the time, I'm like, that's, I mean, I'll just do it. You know what I mean? Like at the time, cause I was a little kid and I didn't understand it, but like, uh, you know, you hear all these people complain about like cancel culture because they change it to the fall party or whatever. And uh, look, if, if it means that people are going to be like included that would have normally been left out of the celebration, 
maybe the fall party's not that bad, and you can do the Halloween party at your house. That seems okay. Yeah, and like, choose, like, we have our own fall festival as well, and it's fucking awesome. Like, we have Rosh Hashanah, but then there's a different fall festival a couple of weeks later, and there's lots of dancing and day drinking. Um, that's like how I learned how to drink whiskey in high school with the old men at my synagogue. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of glad I finally got to like do a Halloween thing and be like, okay, I've experienced it. I don't think I was actually missing that much and I'm okay. I'm at peace. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Like I thought I would be more into it than I was. Um, I don't know. But then the other thing is we went to a local brewery yesterday and did a tour, um, of the brewery. And like a few minutes in, I mean, the guy doing the tour just seems so tired. And then he's like, I'm sorry, guys, this is like only the third tour we've done since the pandemic. Like, I'm a little rusty. (laughs) Hey, you know what, though? (laughs) Being a tour guide, I'm going to be fucking totally straight up with you. And I'm a guy that that makes part of his living standing on a stage in front of an audience. Being a tour guide seems (laughs) like the hardest one of the shit. Like it's gotta be a bottom level job for for like stress and like misery. It seems like a really miserable job to me. And like that's gotta be hard work. I gotta tell you. I just I I I think being a yeah. so I feel for that tour guide. Well, we did tip him well. Um I think his job is mostly um making the beer. So he'd like got to show us around where he makes the beer and answer our questions. Um, I think everyone's favorite part was watching the beer farts, like where they add the CO2 and yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part was fun. But yeah, it was kind of funny because one of my friends who came on the tour with us used to be a professional tour guide. So she had a lot of notes for him that um, she did not share with him. She just told us afterwards her thoughts. Okay, so it wasn't like pointing it was like pointing out the answers. I would love to get I would love to get a fucking tour guide on this show. That's something we could definitely I think we've had one we call had, yeah. years ago who said that like people try they're in DC. The the one that called here is in DC. Yeah. And, and said that so like I live um, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, we live in Fairfax County. So, like, we've done so many different fucking tours around here. Like, we did a ghost tour in Old Town Alexandria that fucking ended in a, few, in a cemetery where they talked about our Confederate boys that are um, buried there. And, of course, like, they have a Black Lives Matter flag up now, actually, at that cemetery. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it feels like you throw a rock in... Fairfax County or Alexandria and you hit a tour guide, they're like, you know, maybe getting their master's or uh, PhD in U.S. history at one of the local schools around here sometimes. I mean, having to answer um, questions from conservatives, call- right? Like, if you're a tour guide doing mm. his historical tour guiding, I'm mm. sure you get questions from conservatives that is just like, it's probably a, a, a an entire point. confrontation. 
That's a really good point I hands off. Because, yeah, like before the pandemic, when I would ride the metro into D.C. to work, yeah, I would see all the different types of tour groups. And it's like, oh, these look like the fucking worst people. Yeah, it seems miserable. I mean, um, only yeah, uh, really only right. a con- lots of spooks. It's a very weird uh, uh, thing to sign up for a tour, I think. But, hey, you know, far be it for me to say I've never signed up for one in my life, but far be it for me to say anything bad. But I do think it's weird that people sign up to be dragged around D.C. looking at stuff. It's better than just aimlessly walking around and checking your phone instead of being there and knowing anything about what's going on. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's interesting information. The reason so. this, the reason that people pay money to go there is because there's actually interesting shit happening there. You know. Okay. Well, I, I will. Uh, but, uh, I believe it. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I mean, I it does. It would be totally off brand for you to pay for a tour and enjoy it. So I can see why you wouldn't. I've never been on a tour. It seems like a weird. I'd go on a spooky tour. Like those those tours they take you to look at look for ghosts in New Orleans and shit? That makes sense to me. So, Brian, you should come to D.C. and hit me up and just come on my tour. It'll be the Arona tour of D.C. or <laughs> Mount Vernon. I'm fucking in. I'm in. I'll go look at D.C. with you, Arona. Nice. I'll you be like, the- here's where I... I shut down, you know, entrance to the inauguration on J20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll I mean, that's something. I'll the protested and been arrested at, right? That's a good spin. Hist- I guess if my husband joins, he he can tell you the history portion. Yeah. I, mean, I the- um was also calling because... Oh, go ahead. No, you, you can go. It's cool. I was going to say something stupid anyway. But your stupid things are hilarious. Um, I have some amazing, ridiculous stories about bosses that, like, I had some some screenshots of a chat with my boss that I was wondering if I could share because my boss um, spent five years working as a debt collector before being in his current role. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if... So the thing is, my boss is a narcissist. Okay. And I've learned to um, kind of suck up to him so he'll like me and hopefully will give me a raise or promotion. Um, so sometimes I'll like ask him for advice that's not related to work, right? Because um, he, he needs to know that I know how to do my job, but he wants to like mentor me and like give me fatherly advice or yeah, something. People, that is a so real, I, I got to say, I mean, for any boss manipulation that is a really good idea yeah to just ask them for random advice once a month so it seems like you actually care about what they think (laughs) exactly that is exactly it i wanted to share the the advice with the people yeah and they're so they're so arrogant they're the point where they're just like oh of course they want to know from me of course they want to hear from me i'm so impressive you know like they just are they will fall for that every time that might be the best little bit of 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 uh, little helpful hint that one of the best I've ever heard. I would have never considered that, uh, partly because I'm self centered and like uh, I'm just like uh, uh, I, I give myself the best advice. <laughs> but oh, 
for sure. But I take his advice. Yeah, yeah. It's but to to have the presence of mind to understand how much people love giving advice. Oh, I mean, it's it's worth as probably equal to the amount of money that I get. That people like will Facebook message me. I'm sitting at my house. I haven't left for three days. I'm covered in in stinky sweats, and they want me to advise on how I, they should conduct their life. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm ready for this. Let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I always get nervous about it, you know. But but yeah, I I will generally also be like, oh okay, well this is a serious duty that I have uh, undertaken now, and uh, it's time for me to tell them everything you know and it's yeah. it's so funny because both of us at, at least me and brett have a lot of time people ask us questions about work and we've utterly failed to at every real job we've ever had oh yeah <laughs> i mean you have fun but you'll get fired i mean you will have fun but you will definitely get fired yeah <laughs> you can put a band-aid on the problem but you're out the door for sure yeah, and even then, if somebody asks, like, like for financial sort of advice, and it's like, well, you know, it takes two days for the check to actually clear. You know, if you're going <laughs> to write a bad check, try to do it on a Friday night and, like, just shit like that. <laughs> it does not help at my, my all. Husband, <laughs> my husband has bad advice. Maybe he'll call it another time. Um, he has great like advice for how to get by financially when you're poor, but a leftist. Oh like, God. Which bills to pay. Me and Brett. I, yeah. I, one uh, of the things I love the most about Brett is like when we first fucking met and like, we're really starting to hang out and, and thinking about doing like a, a thing with just me and him uh, uh, was that we both, we're sharing this fucking wisdom that, that we had accrued over all this time. And uh, I got to tell you, I mean, I don't know how many good things I had because I didn't have the uh, uh, I didn't have like the mind that that like Brett had in that. Like I just sold everything I had all the time. Like if, if I had something was worth money, I would just fucking sell it. I never gave blood or plasma and uh, uh, I did a lot of like bad checks uh, withdrawing money before it actually came out of the account mm -hmm. uh, payday advances. But there were times where, where Brett told me shit where I was just like, I didn't even know that was like a possibility. That is just fucking high level genius. Yeah. I get very desperate. <laughs> We all do, baby. Back me into a corner. I'll have a creative solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you oh, was, go ahead? I was, ask, I was asking my boss some advice because um, I, I fucked over some paperwork with my like retirement account at my last job that like I didn't even realize I had a retirement account with them. So I took a picture of like the letter I got and I was like, do you think if I call them, I'll be able to get the $30 fee waived when I withdraw this money and move it into my like current retirement account? So then he like asked me fucking like on a scale of one to five, how do you feel about money? <laughs> Bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the screenshots I have where, is where he's like, I've been in the money business my entire life. I'm fascinated by how others think about money, why people don't pay their bills, why they get angry at the lender for expecting the money back, why people attempt to distance themselves from their debt as if it doesn't ex- exist, etc. I was a debt collector for like five years. I saw some really amazing reactions from people. It's scary. It's one, let me just say one thing. It's it's actually not scary. It's very funny that he said I, I love people who will like have who who are like uh, so you're like uh how do I get this my money from this retirement account? And then the guy's like, Oh, I've always had a fascination with money and the way that people spend money and then just listed some of the, I mean, a lot of really dumb shit. It's like when he said how people distance themselves from debt, it's like, that's called survival, (laughs) you know? And like very rich people do that too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like very rich people do the same fucking thing. Just maybe for different shit. We're all fucking here. Like trying to have money. Right, it gets worse. And so much debt is also debt racks up like credit. Like a lot of it ends up being groceries and like car repairs and just regular shit. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's, and it's like I I definitely wish I had the money to pay for that, and and but I now I just have debt, so I'm just gonna make the minimum payment for 38 years or wait until it just (laughs) I I have to go to collections for it. (laughs) Same. And honestly, I feel like I tried not to encourage him because I'm just like, you know, I used to work in constituent services. So like when people got annoyed about getting calls from people like you, they called me and I helped them. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But he didn't really take that hint. So he kept. So this was like over chat. I had a woman tell me her son had died from AIDS and she was having trouble getting back on her feet. When I went to her house to post the foreclosure notice, he answered the door. He wasn't very happy to hear what his mother had said. Liar. That's a lie. That's so, a lie story for sure. Um, I'm just like, hold, hold up. Like, you post the foreclosure notices? Like, that was my, like, wait, you fucking <laughs> foreclosed people? And he's just like, yeah. That's worse what? than collections, I think. That's like as bad as it gets. Yeah, when I, I mean, I it dragged me down when I worked in collections because everybody had really sad stories constantly, and the whole attitude was like, just fuck them. They're all lying, you know. If you tell everybody, if you tell yourself everybody's lying, then you don't have to feel bad when they're like, yeah, my mom opened this up in my name. She stole my social security, and then now it's three times the the, the credit limit, you know. I mean, that's how, sorry, yeah. Brett. No, that, uh, that's that. What you just said is like, that's that story from those, those fucking people that like say, oh, my, my wife works for health and human services. And they say, everybody's ripping off the system. And it's like, you just have to say that because you're always turning people down. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes you feel better. Yeah. So I feel like that's like the big, 
it's the big difference between myself and my boss. Like my grandma um, worked at OSHA and the story in the family was like OSHA, the OSHA office moved, but she wasn't ready to retire yet. So for the last couple of years, she um, took a different government job in the welfare office, like turning people down and it kind of killed her and really hurt her soul. Yeah. And like, I would say for myself, you know, working in constituent services, that's what radicalized me, like learning about like what the poverty line is and the bullshit it's based on and how all these like different government services, you know, if you make a penny over it, you, you know, fuck you, you don't get any food stamps, you don't get any rent relief or this or that. Um, so like, Oh my God. So my boss, he had like another story about how he would take people to court and he knew that if he took them to court on a Friday and they didn't pay, they would be in jail over the weekend. He talked about how like this one guy showed up with a sob story. He's like, I got the watch on his wrist and the rings on his fingers, sold them and sent him back $20. Oh, fucking God. Um, What a piece of shit. And then he's just like, you can't do that stuff anymore. Lots of consumer rights now. Ha ha. <laughs> um, that's, um, you know, so that's also my the other... boss, and he thinks that. Sorry, there's Go a ahead. delay. There's a delay. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. I was just like, yeah, he's such a piece of shit. And like, I think he kind of, he likes to mentor me and like, I am getting a career coach right now because my family is bougie. So my dad paid for it. Um, And she's like, you should ask your manager, you know, where he sees you going. And if he sees you like moving into management and getting a promotion anytime soon. And I'm really at that point where I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I don't want to be the sort of person that he would promote into management. Yeah. He seems like a, a, a major asshole. Um, that is. That's that's, he is. And also, like, the, the thing about running away from debt, too, is that there are so many people that, like, when I worked for credit card collections, and it's probably the same for mortgage, too, the, the penalties add up. So, like, you have a, you have a $5,000 yep. credit card. You're late. You get a $35 fee. You're over the limit. You get a $35 fee. You get interest on all of that stuff and then you're you're you know you basically you did mm-hmm. legitimately rack up maybe four thousand dollars in debt but then now all of your but now you have a ten thousand dollar credit card and it's like i don't want to pay that back they that I, like that well, you took advantage of me like i i am trying to separate myself from this debt because it feels bad to to just be paying off fees taking a portion of my hard-earned money to pay off fucking fees and penalties you are absolutely right, but also everything you described is like what fucking happened to Haiti after their slave revolution. France was like, now you owe m- us money and we're going to add debt <laughs> or we're going to add fees to your debt. And like, fuck, finance is just so much bullshit. Like money is literally made up and like housing doesn't actually need to cost people anything. Like this is just a decision we're fucking making. To like do this, though. It's just paperwork. Yeah, I mean, the the buildings would stand there. The paperwork isn't necessary. The payments and interest are none of that is fucking necessary, except to to make somebody else uh, higher up 
than us, than somebody else, you know, to give them more resources. Like they could just forgive the debt. Oh yeah. Do it. Absolutely. Anyway, I just want to give a shout out. Um, as I said, working in government and learning about means testing definitely radicalized me. So I volunteer with the DC abortion fund now. Um, so we provide services to anyone who lives in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia, or who comes to our region to receive an abortion. Um, we do have two providers who provide later care here. So, like, lots of people um, across the East Coast will travel to our region. So as long as you live here or you're coming here for your abortion and, like, you're going to a clinic we work with, which is, like, maybe 90 to 95% of the clinics in our region, wow. we'll say, okay, you qualify for our assistance no more questions asked you know we don't care if you work or not what kind of money you have we don't care why like any of that no questions asked we can't necessarily pay for all of it but you know we help pay for as much of it as we can um so yeah uh i guess y'all follow me on twitter i think i just tweeted a link to the donation page um or it's like dcabortionfund.org slash donate Slash Arona, A R O N A. Um, that's about it. I guess I can let y'all go and take some more calls now. Yeah, thanks what's, for calling, Arona. What's the number? What? Or I'm sorry, no, not the number. What's the? Uh, what's your name on Twitter? My name on Twitter is Arona. It's like U H underscore R O N A. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Found it. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. That's um, that's horrible to hear, but I'm glad you told us about it. (laughs) Yeah, we like hearing about horrible things. Y'all should. (laughs) And just remember, ask people for advice because they fucking love being asked. Uh, I will never forget that. That is a great bit of advice. Thank you for calling, Arona. Okay, thanks. It's Please. such a it is such a good move. I mean, for manipulating anybody in your fucking life, just yeah. anybody like two weeks before, like ju- I would just even people that I know maybe you have to lean on in the future, just like every six weeks, just say, hey, man, I got something on my mind. You think you could help me out with it? Just help <laughs> me process it. <laughs> and then you can come up with simple shit just you know you come up with obvious stuff i mean that you know me and you talking about like the advice that we give it's always somebody that just needs like an extra push to make the right decision even though it's hard and it sucks you know yeah yeah it is it is really almost always just sort of a like hey i know exactly what i'm supposed to do and <laughs> how i should how I should act and how, what I should do. And, uh, even more, uh, the the person, the decision I'm making, if I don't make this decision, the whole, uh, my life will be right down the fucking toilet. Uh, what do you think I should do? And, and then it's like, it's almost like somebody handing me a present to be like, live your dream. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Fuck what everybody says, man. You got to do what you want to (laughs) do. That's, that feels great. That's, it is a softball. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling Tree Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Maria from Pittsburgh. What's up, guys? Oh, hey. How's it going, Maria? Vandernista on Twitter. 
Hey, what's up? I um I wanted to call in because I wanted to tell um the a story about the dumbest thing that I ever got written up for. Tell us. Let's hear it. That Perfect. Works. All right. So I'm a social worker, obviously. Um, <laughs> like I talk about it fucking all the time, but um, so I used to work in like a juvenile detention center, like group home, like when I was in grad school, right? And we used to have to do like groups for the kids, like therapy groups and all types of shit. And like, if you've ever worked with like teenagers with like behavioral health issues, you know, involved in the courts, they, they can get a little like rowdy. So it's like really hard to like keep their attention. Right. Mm-hmm. So the one day I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to have like a rap group. Um, so I just like l- started letting the kids like listen to rap music and it turned into like a break dancing group. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, this is fucking great. Like, they're getting exercise in, they're chilling. Nobody's, bitching each other out like and plus it was like we never had any like enough staff so it was tough they're keeping themselves busy i mean again yeah yeah like they're keeping themselves busy like and it was boring like especially like if they were on like um what we would call safety like if they've tried to like a wall off the campus or like fight like they lost a lot of their privileges so we were like break dancing and shit and i was like oh this is awesome so I did the group again, and this one staff, like, who did not like me, told one of our supervisors, and I got written up for letting the kids break dance and letting them listen to inappropriate music. God. That fucking sucks. I mean, it, yeah, the inappropriate music, the break dancing thing, uh, seems unfair did they say it was for safety sort of thing where it's like uh oh if they get hurt you know they tried to say that it was for safety but like the thing was like they acted like i had kids like spinning on their heads or some shit like that it was like breaking too or some shit like they were <laughs> just like literally like dancing like i'd yell like when i did it with like the girls group i had to yell at them about like twerking like i'd be like stop we're, we're this is not this is not a teen dance club no twerking like because that was like the time when twerking was like real big mm-hmm. um but yeah they tried to say that it was for safety and i was like all right whatever fuck you um but it was like i like residential treatment like it's weird because like i loved working it because of because of the kids but like administration and just the way that they're run, like it's, they're so fucked up. Um, like we, you couldn't keep staff there because one, like they didn't pay shit. Um, and we would just have high turnover rates. So like we were constantly like working, like we'd be like one staff to like eight kids, which was like completely ridiculous yeah. because you know, like these are kids that are like suicidal kids that like have like tons of trauma. Um, and it got to the point where like, I had seen like some super fucked up shit that like still bothers me to this day. And I went to administration with it and they kind of just blew me off. Um, and what sucked was that like this place was like an hour away from my house. Um, so I would drive there every day, like an hour for an hour. And I was in grad school at the time and they would like schedule my shifts. They would, I'd be working like a three to 11 
and then I'd have to come right back in on a seven to three. Yeah, clopening so, like, as I a social worker. Exhausted. What's that? Clopening. It's closing and open, closing no, like, one night and opening the next day. Oh, no, no, no. Like, because it was like round the clock care. So okay. it was like we had three different shifts. It was like seven to three, three to 11, and 11 to seven. Okay. So they would like, they constantly did this literally every fucking week where I'd work three to 11 and then I'd have to be back seven to three. So, and I lived an hour away. So it was like complete bullshit. But then they started like doing like man, like they have to mandate you if they don't have enough staff, which completely fucks everyone over. Um, and it fucks with your head. I mean, that's why like people that aren't skilled at that job that like just come in, like you'll hear these horror stories about like, you know, uh, staff beating the shit out of kids. I mean, kids have died at these places. Like it's just, it's wild. Um, but administration does this because they don't give a fuck about staff. Like they don't, they literally don't give a shit. Like, so they were pissed off at me because I let kids fucking dance to fucking Fetty Wap or whatever the fuck. Um, and they were just, there was just wild shit going on, like, behind the scenes. And um, this happens, like, all the fucking time with these boss. All of the time. And we're getting them, a lot of them closed. I mean, it sucks because, like, you do need places like this. Um, you know, because there are kids that, like, need to be, you know, out of the home for a little bit to get treatment. But it should be very quick. And it should be trauma-informed, therapeutic. You should have enough staff. Um, and like, I think the last straw was when I told them I'd gotten an internship at the public defender's office. And I was like, look, like, this is very important to me. Like, um, and I still want to continue to work here, but like, if you fuck with my schedule, like my schedule has to be a certain way. And it wasn't like I was asking for much, you know what I mean? Like I was asking, like, please just put me on three to 11, like in this, like for three days in a row or whatever. So I could be at the public defenders in the morning. Um, and I think it was like the day that I had like my second interview, they tried to fucking, um, schedule me. And I was like, all right, I'm fucking done. Like I gave them a, a month, uh, notice actually. Like, and I always, I know that like, I, you don't have to do that. And like, I would say to anybody else, like, fuck that dude, if you want to leave that day, leave. But like, I did it because I was worried about the kids and I didn't want them to get fucked over because I knew that like you know, that I, there was not a lot of staff there. Um, and there wasn't, you know, staff that gave a shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, um, admirable though, to keep the job yeah, uh, I mean, uh, longer yeah, than you want. Yeah. And Jake worked in there too. Where Jake worked in, you know, uh, juvenile homes as well. And it's hard because like, if you want to be a person that cares, you want to be a person that wants to like, People go into it because they, you know, at least some people go into it because they want to change things. And then the system and the the, the requirements of uh, that they have in place are not to, not to help anybody at all. Right. I mean, Brett, like shit, like you know, <laughs> you and know, I've talked before about you know I go the fuck off when I'm working, and I don't work in facilities anymore. Um, but it's it's maddening. Like the whole system is at fault for a lot of this shit. Um, and it's like, I feel like, cause I do like, I do trauma therapy now. And, um, 
my role really is, is different, but I do a lot of like expert witness work and I've been working, um, on like doing like investigations on like a lot of these facilities that have been closing down. Um, but it's maddening because like you, like one, I feel like it's taken over my whole life. Like I can't, you know, like if I date a guy, like I have to say to them, like, look, there might be days where like, I can't talk to you for like three days. Cause yeah. I'm just so like overwhelmed, with, like the emotional bullshit. Yeah, well, one, the emotional stuff that you carry from like your clients. And I don't, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm crying or whining about my job. Cause I know what I've, I, I but, picked this position, right? Like I chose to be a social worker. Yeah. But you're allowed to be affected but by it. I mean, that like, kind of stuff happening. Mean, there's no way that you would be, you wouldn't be human if you weren't affected by the situation and like how helpless and hopeless it can sometimes feel. Yeah. I mean, it's like my fucking hands like feel tied a lot of the time. Um, and I, I've tried to find ways like over the years to like, I don't know, like manipulate the system in a sense. Um, and you know, like those wins feel good. Like when I can't, like when I would like do extra witness work and I can get a kid, like, you know, the space in like 40 years, in adult prison, um, a placement in a juvenile facility and his, you know, he's out of the court by 21. Like that feels good. You know, like I'm able to like point shit out. that's fucked up. How, you know, cause there's so many things. I mean, I go on for hours about how completely fucked the system is, but I also like, it, it does take a toll on you. Um, it takes a toll on you. And I remember they, we were going to unionize at this spot that I was talking about that I got written up at. But they like talked all the fucking staff out of it. It's, I was down to fucking unionize. Like I, you know, my parents were in a union, so I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, um, but they weren't because we would. They would have had to pay us more money, and yeah, like it sucks. Um, because it's like you just are watching like the most vulnerable people. Vulnerable. Sorry, I can't speak. Um, you're just watching your most vulnerable get fucked over by the powers that be. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for that depressing. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> it's no, it's totally fine. okay. It's well, tough, thank, yeah. thanks for calling. If you don't know who it is, it's Sandernista 412, right? <laughs> yeah. That's Did I get fine. that right? That's All my right. Twitter. Um, yeah, you'll. That's where my um, high thoughts about random shit. Just uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. <laughs> I was nice seeing you guys when you came to Pittsburgh. So. Oh, it was great. Can't wait for the next show. Me neither. All right, talk to you soon. Peace. Right. Peace. All right. Bye. All right. One uh, one call to end them all. We're getting off there. work on time tonight, Brett. There's no more calls left. Oh, really? Yep, no more calls left. All right. Well, we're getting off work on time, everybody. Um, was a good time had by all. Uh, and we will see you. I will see you on Wednesday with uh, Hegel Bond co-hosting with me. Yeah, so. I'm not going to be here on Wednesday. Yeah, Trevor from No Cartridge. 
will be co-hosting with me. He has a book coming out, and he's like really important person in my uh, in my life. So hmm. uh, it just he 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 was there in a pivotal moment, right? I mean, if I would say in that period where I decided to make Street Fight my thing, you and him were the were the you him and my wife were the three people that kind of got me that. So uh that is all all right thanks for listening to street fight we will see you on wednesday night peace peace